0: Today, I have an amazing guest for this episode on the Alexa Rose Show. I'm gonna be bringing on someone who made a huge pivot along their journey. And today is a very well-known fashion designer who has designed for some of the biggest celebrities, but the mission behind her clothes uh, is even more compelling and important, and I'm just super excited to hear about her journey and bring um, her story to all of you. So we're going to dive in with another amazing thought leader, mover, shaker, disruptor in the fashion industry for this episode of the alexa rose show hang on for an amazing conversation each individual taking massive amounts of action to pursue what they love and today that is what we're focusing on we're focusing on your growth and your success your growth and your success welcome my name is alexa rose carlin host of the alexa rose show podcast this podcast is brought to you by colin which is a new social podcasting platform making it super easy for podcasters to record create engage with their audience and distribute their podcast as well as edit it. And so I'm super excited to uh, be in partnership with Colin to bring you the Alexa Rose show. Also, before we dive in to this, uh, this week's episode of the Alexa Rose Show, I wanted to mention about the uh, workshop that we're hosting to help you get booked to speak. I know a lot of you are really interested in one, growing your business and brand or two, getting featured in the press or on big stages and platforms. And it is my mission to help more women really use their authentic voice to grow because I believe that it is the most powerful marketing vehicle there is. And I know that your story has the power to change the world. That's why we bring on amazing guests for this podcast and we talk about their story because that that in itself inspires, empowers others to chase after their dreams, go after their goals and make an impact and a difference doing what they love. So if you want to join in on this next masterclass, visit womenempowerx.com slash unknown to unforgettable, or just shoot me a DM on Instagram at Alexa Rose Carlin, if you are interested. Okay. So Now, without further ado, I want to welcome our guest. And today, our guest, she goes by the name Murph, um, but her her full name, so you can look her up as well, is Tymecca Murphy. And she served 12 years in the Army and then pivoted to fashion. And she created her own clothing uh, line and launched her brand in 2016 named Alani Taylor, which is named after her daughter. She started to develop a talent for crafting signature genderless pieces that tied both high fashion and streetwear together do you see why? I was super excited to dive into her story and her mission. Uh, But she's designed for some of the biggest celebrities like Beyonce, Cardi B, Nick Cannon, DeBaby, Tiffany Haddish, among others, and has been featured in Forbes, Essence, Harper's Bazaar, Vogue, Paper Magazine, Rolling Loud. I mean, the list goes on. And she has also been named one of 2022's AT&T's Dream in Black Future Maker. And that is uh, a huge achievement uh, to be one of uh, the future makers. So with that, welcome Murph. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being here.
1: Uh, thank thank you so much. I appreciate you guys having me. Um, and I'm excited to have this conversation today.
0: Definitely excited. And by the way, um, so I'm getting married in a, a Like a few weeks actually, and my last name will will soon be Murphy.
1: (laughs) Wow!
0: (laughs) So when I saw, I know when I saw your last (laughs) name, I I was like, oh wow, what a what a coincidence! You know, I don't really believe in coincidences, but (laughs) yeah. uh, So yeah, I'm just super excited for you to be here, and glad that our paths crossed and we connected. And one, I first want to say thank you for your service.
1: I mean, you serve.
0: 12 years in the army uh i I would love to just start off this conversation with like what led you to making that huge pivot from 12 years in the army to fashion
1: um the army made me pivot actually um so my last duty station i was stationed at fort hood texas and fort hood texas is one of the biggest military bases in the world Um, but for some reason they decided to only have one small mall there to service thousands and hundreds of thousands of soldiers um daily and me just being from up north uh we have a different type of style so i started seeing like the soldiers would go in the mall and just take the whole outfit off the mannequin and like that's no creativity involved in it at all and i just didn't want to be one of those people so while i was serving i started teaching myself how to sew on the weekends after i got off of duty and things like that and every weekend i got better and better and i started just making clothes for me to wear and as i um would like wear the clothes outside people would be like where did you get it from and wanting to buy it and things like that so By that time, I was like, man, like I can make money from this. And it was a it was a hobby for me at first and just something that I was doing for my own personal reasons. And literally God kind of transitioned me into it becoming my career. Uh, Because I at that time, when I was uh, teaching myself, my plan was to serve 20 years. I had already been, I think, at nine years or so. um, And I wanted to serve 20 years, but I got a brain injury while I was in the military that started getting worse and worse. So um, I had no choice but to get out on a medical discharge. And so this was kind of my safe haven, uh, making clothes and everything.
0: Wow. And so with your health challenge and then you know having to leave what you thought you you know was your your longer term career for 20 years, how did that like did you did you fall into some darkness did you were you just like okay this is this is what it is this is what I'm gonna do now or how did you you know in in emotion like all your emotions how did you pick yourself back up to, to say, okay, I need to find uh, a new thing or make this hobby a career.
1: Yeah, I definitely cannot say that it was easy for me. Um, even being in the military and like experiencing the things I've experienced in the military, um, just my childhood background, I deployed five times. So, um, I had a lot of, dark days and a lot of stressful days and a lot of depression days and everything so knowing that um i i was going to be getting out of the military like in the army they teach you that you have to plan as if you are and plan as if you aren't and i i guess i can say that kind of helped me so although i was still in the military and i was learning this new um this new talent, I still planned as if I was staying in the military and I planned as if I wasn't. So I wanted to always have a foundation to fall on, um, in case the military didn't work for me. So the, I think the hardest part was transitioning out of the military because now I'm going into something I'm not familiar with. Um, I'm just now learning and getting out of the military like my pay wasn't all that so i had to figure out like how was i going to be able to not only sustain my life but um the new passion that i had at the time and so it was not ever easy for me uh, and I had a lot of struggles, but I learned from them at the same time. And I can say that my military background helped me get through a lot of things because we trained to survive. We trained to complete the mission. We trained to win wars and all those things. So it was never a give up moment. It was always, if I fail, I had to get back up, but how hard that was, was more so the challenge.
0: Mm, I can't. Yeah. I mean, definitely. Definitely when you're you kind of feel like your whole career path or what you thought was going to be uh, your future is taking from you with something you can't control right like a brain injury um, right it, it's hard it's very hard and it's scary and so how did you know or I, maybe not know but what what was the one thing or the one action step that you took to say, okay, I'm going to turn this hobby into a a business to support myself. Like what did that transition from hobby to business look like?
1: Um, It transitioned from hobby to business in 2016. So in 2011 is when I started teaching myself how to sew Um, and although I was making money from like doing custom orders for people. Uh, I, I knew that because I taught myself how to sew that I didn't know everything and again being military like you have to we strive for perfection So I said if I'm gonna do this for real, I need to learn the things that I couldn't teach myself So I signed up for the Art Institute um, in Texas at the time and from there I moved to LA in and 17 and i got my bachelor's degree um at the art institute in la uh, in fashion design so i went to school to learn everything that i had not known prior to in 2016 um when my daughter was born that's when this became my life um after my daughter was born i said i wanted to name the brand after her and so i went through a whole transformation phase and everything because at that time i was only doing streetwear and um i was doing streetwear that i i was in love with streetwear let's say that and then i was making clothes like for high fashion gowns and suits and things for people like their prom and everything and i knew like if i can teach myself that i can do everything so what i did was i taught myself every genre of fashion so from couture to streetwear to avant-garde to um casual i I taught myself how to do all of them because i never really wanted to miss a order um and in 2016, when she was born, I named the brand after her because it was like more elegant. It was strong. It had a meaning behind it. And so I started doing everything that I needed to do to make it a legitimate business. And it's been going ever since.
0: Wow. And I love that you invested in, you know, your, your own education and knowledge of all the different types of fashion. Cause a lot of times even you see this with dance too, like one, you'll get stuck on one type of dance or one type of fashion uh, yeah. style, right? And then you just go all in on that, which I'm all about going all in on, on your dreams and everything and staying focused. But that background, especially in the fashion industry, helps you really discover your unique style, I would say.
1: Yes. And I would say because it was a gift and a curse for me because when I because I knew how to do everything as a designer, I was doing everything. And mm-hmm. I had to do an audition for Project Runway. And when I got in front of the um, judges, they were like, I had to bring like garments that I had made for them to see my talent. And I brought a gown, I brought a suit, I brought like a sweatsuit, I brought street clothes and all that. And when I sat in that chair, they were like, we don't know who you are like we're we're glad and impressed that you can do all of these things but who are you as a designer so i really didn't know who i was as a designer until i sat in front of them and i believe that was probably 2018 so i had already established my brand two years prior to getting in front of them but that day is when i had to take a look at like who am i and who do i want to be what do i want to represent with the alani taylor brand and so that was the day that I discovered, like, I, I am in love with streetwear, but ha- making high fashion clothing makes me money. And so I needed to figure out a way to bridge the two together. And that's where the eclectic Alani Taylor high fashion streetwear um, aesthetic comes from. Uh, because I didn't want to get rid of neither one of them because I liked doing both, but I was in love with one, but one was more beneficial. And that's kind of where my drop crotch kilt pants and everything comes from.
0: Wow. I love that. I'm how you found a way to merge your two fa- uh, passions of, of style. And I think that's really important. What you said is, or what you learned, you know, auditioning for Project Runway, which I used to love that show so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, do you know Amanda Perna from that show? I don't know if you've mm-hmm. watched every season. She spoke at one of our WEX conferences. She's a good friend of mine uh, down in South Florida. But after watching Project Runway, because I used to want to work in fashion when I was growing up, I I noticed how everyone has that different, you know, style, or you can yeah. pick out which designer, is connected to which outfit without knowing once you start to get to know them. So sitting in that chair uh, probably was so pivotal in your career, even if, you know, you didn't make it on the show. And I just wanted to point that out because uh, sometimes you have to receive some type of rejection. I know I've received tons of rejection in order for you to even discover who you're meant to be.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a blessing that day um and i believe in everything happens for a reason so i always give the credit to that day um with those judges because they was honest with me they didn't hold anything back because i'm leaving out a lot of other things that was said and not all bad things because they loved (laughs) how i walked in they were like whatever you have on that's what we want to see like we want to see you um and so yeah it was definitely a life-changing moment for me that day and it has worked
0: Yeah, definitely has worked (laughs) for sure. (laughs) So you, you know, bridge the two to create this high fashion streetwear, but when did you really start to craft your signature for genderless pieces and why are, why did you do that?
1: Um, I started that in 2018, um, I did a fashion show. Well, let me rewind because in 2015, even though I wasn't really taking fashion serious at that point, I got the opportunity to do Paris Fashion Week. And when I went to Paris, um, I realized that they were way ahead of us in paris than we are doing like in america we think we are better than what we are until we go somewhere else and see the aesthetic of these different cultures and when i went to paris I was blown away from the fashion, from the designers and everything. And that made me go back and say, I have to do something different that everyone else is not doing. And not just saying that I'm a gender free or gender neutral brand, but my aesthetic alone, like I have to create a signature for myself that can be comfortable for men and women in 2015 the idea was in my head 2018 i was able to execute it because i wasn't really understanding still at that point who i was as a designer um but in 2018 after the interview I, I, I sat down and I was like, who are you? Like, what do you want to represent? What do you want to contribute to the fashion world? How can you help the fashion world and my community at the same time? And so me being a masculine woman in the LGBT community, still being a woman at the end of the day, it had to be comfortable for me. And so because people kind of look at a masculine LGBT woman as both worlds like i'm a woman but i'm representing this masculine uh appearance um that it was easier for me to do it actually because i said if i can wear it a man or a woman can wear it and that's what i started doing and i started kind of being like my own walking advertisement and then people would come and be like man i finally found a designer that gets me more in the lgbtq the lgbt um, community but more for um the masculine women because they would they couldn't find clothes that fit them they couldn't find clothes that made them feel comfortable and things like that but if a masculine woman was able to wear it and be comfortable i knew that men would also be able to wear it at the same time so i started catering more to that uh aesthetic than anything
0: yeah, so you were basically your ideal client or avatar, yes. like your target market, because I wouldn't. That's that's the amazing thing when you find the need that's personal to you. A lot of times, you're that much more successful creating mm-hmm. that product or that service or that solution because it's so it's. It's you. You are the the person that needs it. And you know, if you need it or you're looking for it and it doesn't exist, other people do as well. And so even you just being able to wear your own clothes and then, um, like you said, being that walking billboard is uh, huge for marketing. And, And it also shows that you, again, just don't create for just creating, but you're finding this need and you are really intentional about how you create and who you create for. Because again, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't think about that in the sense of wanting to, if you're a masculine woman, you still don't want things to be, uh, manly. Right. And you're still uh-huh. a woman. So it's, right. it's very interesting. This intersection that you found, or you created a solution for and, with that, I mean, when you were starting to really own in on your signature and your brand um, in 2018, do you see anything that translated from what you learned in the army to running this fashion business? Because I know you said uh, of course it helped you you know during the harder times uh, because of all the the training you get. but in the business sense, Uh, Do you see anything translate over that really helped you rise above the noise?
1: Absolutely. Um, And I get that from a lot of people all the time. Um, when they find out that I did serve 12 years in the military, every person that I've come in contact with, that I've had to do business with, um, when they find out they're like, I get it now. Like I see it. The, your demeanor, the way you deal with people, the way you do business. I can see the military discipline in you. And I never noticed, of course, because it's just instilled in me now. But, um, a lot of people say it to me for me to, notice now, but um from the military, I know I took away the we I don't stop until the mission is complete, of course. Um we're very detailed. Uh we pay attention to details more than the average person, I guess. I kind of look at people like the world differently and understand why we do certain things and act a certain way. And so I take things like that in consideration, especially when it does come to business. Um, and just carrying my seven army values like uh, everywhere I go, like of course with the way that I treat people and respond to people, and the way that I do business. Um, I guess most people say my demeanor. Um, I have a military uh, demeanor, so, um, I I I feel like for us. Just for me personally, because again, I deployed five times while I was in the army and every day that I deployed that day, you don't know if you're going to be alive the next day or you don't know if you're going to come home the next day or what's going to happen. So when I came into the civilian world after the military, my work ethic is I don't know if I'm going to be here tomorrow. So anything I don't put things off for tomorrow because that's not promised to me. And then I also have to think about my daughter, like everything that I'm doing now before I leave this earth, I want to do my best to make sure that my daughter has nothing to worry about. Um, A foundation is set for her and no one has to pick up the pieces behind me. Um, And I I know a lot of that comes from, from, from the army, Um, leaving no man behind uh, helping people as much as we possibly can. And yeah, like I did an interview with for I was looking for a sewer yesterday and I asked the sewer does she have her resume and she said no and my business partner he was like I can one if I can be honest with you he said I don't you don't really need a resume it because your work speaks for itself. And what I told them was it wasn't about the resume, but it was about the attention to detail. And when you want something how bad do you really want it so in the military we couldn't come to formation without our, our dog tags on or without our boot shine or what our uniform look in a certain way and in in the army it shows how much you care about yourself how much you care about your appearance and how much you care about what your drill sergeant or your NCO says to you so I, I had to explain to them it was never about the resume but How much does she pay attention to details? Because that's going to matter as my assistant. So a lot of the actions that I do always result to the things that was instilled in me from the military.
0: That's such a good takeaway for anyone that's listening, because like you said, it's not about what's even on the resume. It's about the detail and and running any type of business. Details are so important. The thing that I started to do when hiring is I'll, I'll like ask a question at the bottom of the job um, application or the position that I describe and I'll ask them to do something maybe like, you know, include your favorite inspirational quote or a link Mm -hmm. to your favorite podcast. And it's mind boggling how many people just skip that or don't, they probably don't even read it. So right away, if they don't answer that we're never interviewing them because they didn't pay attention to detail.
1: Yeah. 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 It's so good. It, it means a lot. It's important. And it allows you to kind of weed out the people that it's even worth you uh, giving your time or taking up their time at um, period.
0: Definitely. So I know that you pay a lot of attention to detail. You can even see it in your clothes. Um, I mean, in your designs, it's, I mean, detail and fashion really, really goes a long way. So, with everything that we've talked about already, I want to dive into um, some of the huge celebrities that you've been able to design for, like Beyonce for her Lion King project. Uh, how did you land that? Like, how did you even get that connection to be able to design clothes for Beyonce?
1: Um, so in 2018, um, I started a brand called Deviant Levy uh, with someone named um, Brittany. And so she, at first, she had this idea about like doing latex and everything. And so when I came on board, because she was looking for like a seamstress, and I'm not a seamstress, I'm a designer, but someone introduced us not even knowing that me and her knew each other um, from like five years ago. And so when, we got together we started playing with these ropes and everything and Brittany, i think she created like a little design it was so simplistic but it i saw like the vision and i was like we're gonna stop what we're doing and this is what we're gonna put our energy into so for eight months eight months straight we just focused on how can we create rope um garments out of rope and we mastered it and so we did our first photo sh- fashion show with la fashion week and zarina Aikens, who was beyonce stylist uh saw the, the pieces um and so one day she got she sent an email to britney and was like hey we have a project for beyonce and we need these pieces and everything sent some of the pieces that we had done for inspo and I think I was in Vegas at the time and Brittany called me and she was like, are you ready to die? And I'm like, no, <laughs> like I got a lot to do. Um, And she was like, yo, she said, we have a project for Beyonce. And so oh, we're man. going back and forth <laughs> and I'm like, you're bugging like no and it was crazy but either way we had to get it done and we when zarina asked us it was 20 pieces that we needed to get done and mind you with these ropes it's all done handmade everything is handmade there's no sewing machine or nothing even when i'm sewing the pieces together i have to do it by hand because it's rope so zarina's like hey we need 20 pieces and then it went down to i think Ten pieces plus beyonce's piece, so they gave us a mannequin of beyonce's body, and I was going crazy like <laughs> I'm like, I promise you I don't know how long I hugged that uh mannequin because it was like
0: oh my gosh <laughs> it was
1: like a scope of her body like they molded this mannequin on from Beyonce for you to get the fit right um and so that's so crazy. We, yeah and like we met her one of the assistants outside downtown la and i picked it up and at this time i I don't have a car so i'm riding like an electric scooter and i had to take <laughs> that mannequin on the electric scooter because when i moved from texas to la i gave up everything to like start my career so for two years i was riding an electric scooter in la but that was my transportation and that's how i had to get it back home on the train and everything so people are like looking at me in the train station like why does this lady have this butt naked mannequin and everything and uh that was crazy so we had four days to get it done we didn't know what it was for um it was a huge secret until one day something came out that beyonce rented the grand canyon out and we're like who rents out the grand canyon like who can do that other than beyonce (laughs) so then um, my mom called us. I think Brittany was in a hair salon or doing something and I, I probably was sewing something. And my mom called and said that there was a commercial that was on the news or something that just popped up with Beyonce. And she called screaming about like she, the pieces are on TV. And then from there, it started hitting everywhere and millions of people had saw it. And that was like the start of, my career and of course deviant because then we got uh cardi b and all them right after that because they saw beyonce with the pieces on and we just started getting clients like back to back
0: wow what a story what an experience that's crazy and and yeah i mean that one uh gig the one client uh land created that ripple effect to land other big clients Mm -hmm. and celebrities. Um, But that is, that is really, really crazy. They sent you a mannequin of her body. Uh, I still
1: have the video. I still have the pictures, everything.
0: (laughs) I'm sure that is awesome. Um, I'm glad you documented that as well.
1: Yes. Yes, we definitely did.
0: So from that, I mean, I can't even imagine what you felt or like how much your heart dropped when Brittany called you and told you about that, uh, that you landed Beyonce, but you know, of course, every single time we as a business owner, at least this is what I experienced myself and some other people in my community I've talked to we we get these highs and we get these low lows because mm-hmm. business right is such like a roller coaster, and so this was a huge high I mean, you just landed Beyonce. say you you had four days, you had all of this crazy experience and this hustle to make it happen, and I'm sure you had expectations around it as well so after this, one did the expectation that you had, if you had any, did it meet it, exceed it? What did it fall short of it? Or like, what was that like in the sense of afterwards? Um, after this whole experience, and you kind of go back to normal day to day, was was your perspective anything different or were you just like okay now what's next like did you have time to celebrate just what what was that post beyonce gig um like that time depression depression <laughs> it it's actually
1: exactly what you said so when i after we did beyonce so uh i don't know if i told you but when i started working with britney i still had Alani taylor this is 2018 I started Alani Taylor in 2016. And so I put Alani Taylor to the side to create this brand because I knew that it would bring light to us. And so because after Beyonce, everything started coming out but it was only deviant 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 it had nothing to do with alani taylor it had nothing to do with tamika murphy and although i was the other designer behind it i got no acknowledgement for it people Mm. even still today like you did that and um around that time It should have been a celebration. Like, of course, that day we were super excited that it came out and everything. But when I started seeing Britney duet, Deviant Levy and no Tamika Murphy, it was depression for me. Um, like it was probably one of my lowest times because I said, I didn't accomplish anything. Uh, All the hard work that I had did, the reason why I have the brand Alani Taylor, Tamika Murphy, Alani Taylor, accomplish nothing and so it was heartbreaking to me because i did not think that it would go that route um and yes we started getting orders and things like that we started getting people we even did cardi b um literally right after that for the 2019 mtv awards and we had to personally go to cardi b's uh hotel and i had to sell cardi B stuff on her even from that they still did not attach Tamika Murphy or Alani Taylor or anything to these projects. And at that time, um, me and Brittany shared the same manager. And I'm telling my manager, like, I can't keep doing this. Like, I stopped my brand to do this to bring um, some more exposure to my brand and, of course, Deviant. Uh, but I was like, I can't keep doing this. At some time, people thought that I was. The, the assistant and not the designer. Mm-hmm. And so, a lot, it, it was, a, it, there was a lot of depression days. I didn't get my moment until Black is King came out. And then you saw Alani Taylor ex Beyonce. And that took until 2020 or 20, yeah, 2020. From 2017, working with Deviant to two, 2020 is when Alani Taylor and Time Mega Murphy was able to say, I did it.
0: Wow. Wow. That's yeah. well, one, thanks for being vulnerable and sharing that because I think, and the reason I ask is, is I've dealt with that before. And I know me and you are not alone in this, but nobody's talking about it. Everyone sees yeah. all this success online and then they're like, oh man, I mean, once they got that, I'm sure it was much easier, you know, to grow their business or their brand. And once they did that and they, they again, see all the achievements, but a lot of times, there's so much more, not all the time, yeah. it's behind the scenes. And, you know, anyone that just hears your bio thinks, oh, you know, well, she designed for Beyonce for the Lion King project, then uh, she's set. But as you just shared, it took a lot longer to finally gain that recognition and mm-hmm. to even have that strength and that mindset and resilience to keep going when you you know, were pushed kind of underneath the covers of all this hard work and considered an assistant. That's, that's tough. And I know we don't do it for the recognition, but there is a piece of that that we need in order as a business owner, in order to really make it work for our business, our brand, and our bigger vision to be able to continue to push out our mission. And, and your mission was so much bigger than just designing for celebrities.
1: Right, right.
0: So, uh, wow, 2020. Okay, so you've also been on the TV show, The Hype, on HBO Max. Can yes. you share a little bit about that experience mm-hmm. and how you got on the show?
1: Um, I got on the show. They reached out to me. Um, they said that they had saw my brand and that they loved everything that I was doing, and they wanted me to um, audition for a streetwear show. And again, my background even getting into fashion was because I love streetwear So it was a no-brainer for me to say yes Um, because although I did audition for project runway I actually said no to them instead of them saying no to me Because I didn't see that I fit in that realm of what they were doing And so when this came around, I I didn't hesitate Um, and so during that time It was kind of like, um what i expected and what was there was two different things uh and i'm an honest person uh everything that was told to me the reason why i said yes to the show i can't honestly say that that's what the show is about um it was the opposite uh they told us that we were going to be going there uh and doing streetwear clothing and, and and things like that and just the expectation of the designers and everything um and so when i got there Um, I think for me, it was during COVID that like the, the spike of COVID had just hit. And so we had to be in our rooms literally like we couldn't go anywhere. And so it was difficult because you had to sit in a room for 14 days and then come out and try to be a creative. So we had nothing around us to really keep us in that creative mindset. So it was definitely difficult to, um, do the show and, and, be your best on the show and give your best, uh, which I don't think that I did or got the opportunity to do. Um, I would say. And so when I got to the show, I think where I was and what they were looking for, I wasn't it. Um, and a lot of other people, because I think my friend, um, Jolison was there and he did all like women's clothing. And so it was just not my best experience. Um, I did take away getting a lot of exposure from the hype, but the experience, I can't really say that it was like the best experience ever. Um, I don't think that I had the opportunity to show what Murph was capable of as a designer, and um, now they have to see it from afar. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I've heard that a lot about different reality shows. Like I've mm-hmm. had quite a, f- a few people that I've either worked with or friends from college that have gone on reality shows. And it's always the story of that. It's nothing like it appears on television. Yes. So uh, that's interesting. Uh, a yeah. question I wanted to ask actually is that imposter syndrome is a is a big thing, especially amongst uh, business owners in any industry. Do you ever deal with imposter syndrome? Um, I don't
1: even know what that means.
0: It's basically like you feel like you're a fake. I mean, that's the easy way to explain it. No, more. where it's like <laughs> you, you feel like you don't belong where you are, and and in any moment someone's gonna find out, and you start to doubt yourself and doubt that you're uh, you're supposed to have the success that you have.
1: No, I don't. Um, I am the opposite of that. Like even with my daughter, I make sure that my daughter knows that she is amazing, that she can do anything that she puts her mind to because I walk that walk and talk that talk as well. Um, I don't look at other people to dictate who I am as a person or a designer. So for me, when I walk in the room, I'm walking in the room as myself. I don't, I've never been that person to kind of like care what other people think of me. Uh, I don't care about the no's or even the yeses because I go through life creating my own tables and making my own opportunities. So um, I actually probably would say I stay away from that in those type of people uh because i like my frequency to be where it's at where whatever i ask from the universe i receive it because i stay there um with a positive energy and if i find that that's not what it is i remove myself um and i think that's where my blessings do come from because i surround myself with people that's like me and that has the same mindset of as me and not trying to be somebody that they're not
0: mm. Yeah, I'm all about that where uh, positive thinking and uh, manifestation and staying on that high frequency and and definitely believe things happen for a reason. So that's a, a very strong mindset. It's for me, it doesn't come as naturally not to care what other people think, even though I know I shouldn't. I know I yeah. shouldn't, <laughs> but my personality is not like that. And I wish it was um, because it, it's, it's hard. It's very hard. So coming from what you just mentioned, and you have a very strong view of who you are, who you're meant to be and where you belong and, and your work ethic, how do you... Oh. Keep your unique style ideas while also researching what's happening in the industry or, you know, going, seeing other designers, other people online, because I've seen, especially in the creative space, whether it's content creators, thought leaders, designers, wh- whomever, uh, when they start to look at other people, what they're doing. It's not that they want to copy or anything, or it's not even copy, but you start to pick up what other people are doing or what's trending in the industry and Mm -hmm. what's working for them. You know, when you're looking at someone at a level that you aspire to be at, how do you stay super zoned in on your unique style while still being tapped into the fashion industry?
1: I I stay in my style because I don't tap into the fashion industry. Oh, okay. um, I I that's the last thing that I do, because I found myself doing that in the beginning, Um even in school, even in school, they they teach you to, like, know who your um, who the past designers were, know who the next designers are. And I started finding myself competing with those people. So there's a guy um, who the, who kind of has the same aesthetic as me when it comes to um, certain garments that we make. And I would watch his Facebook, I mean his Instagram, and I would watch it and watch it. And I started finding myself becoming envious of him because we had the same thing, but I always felt mine was better. But I saw him striving and getting to his success faster than me. And so when I started finding myself being envious of this person and not liking what he was doing, it started blocking my blessings, even in a creative aspect. So I unfollowed him. I hid his page. uh, I think I did like silence on his Instagram because I wasn't tapping into myself anymore. I was trying to see how can I be better than him. And that started in 2018. And so I stopped. I never looked at another designer. Um, I, I don't compare myself to other designers and I don't uh, like use other fashion or anything as my inspiration. I get inspiration just from being in the world. Um, I can see like a billboard sign and just like the color and get a thought like, man, that color would be dope as this or that. Um, so I really just stay true to myself and like, I'm like my own competition. And I don't, I don't even study fashion at all because I think, like you said, you start it's like when people say, who was your inspiration growing up as a music artist? And m- most people say Michael Jackson and stuff like that. And you can see Michael Jackson in them. So you mm-hmm. see that they took a part of him and put it in themselves. So you're not truly your authentic self. I want to be my authentic self. So to me right now in the fashion industry, I can't. I, I have the space to say no one is like me as a designer. No one is doing um like my my signatures like me no one has created the type of pants that i created because i wasn't searching for what this person did or how it could be better i would rather somebody do that to me to look at my stuff and say that rather than me picking up someone else's aesthetic and now finding myself being like that person so i just say to myself i I created my own space if i do see something it's because i'm scrolling on instagram
0: Mm, I, I really like that. That is such a a strong uh, perspective, and it's hard to do. So, kudos to you for really putting your authentic self first, because yes, it's ma'am. not easy, not easy at all. And and uh, I, I just want to say, congrats on you just open or you are opening your own manufacturing company in Atlanta.
1: Yes, I just got my keys last week. We just signed the papers today. That's awesome. Thank you so much. I am so excited about it because that's another thing that I'm trying to do to just add my part into the world. So... Ever since I started designing my goal, like me being military, like when I got out, I was in charge of soldiers. So I've always been a teacher. I've always been a trainer. And I feel like that that's like my passion. And that's my purpose in life to teach people and train people how to become whatever. And because my career is fashion, my passion is teaching people how to become fashion designers, teaching people the business side of product development production um creating your own brand and what what goes into that so with this manufacturing company inside of this building i'm also going to teach the junior youth how to sew um how to do mass production how to create their garments how to do product development how to transition from just a designer into the business world as an owner and how not to own your job but own a business at the same time so i'm more excited about that than actually opening up the manufacturing company because it's going to be a creative space for all designers and all creatives um because we'll have a, a, a space in there where designers from college uh once they graduate they can still have a place to come and like rent sewing stations with all industrial Uh, high quality top-notch equipment so that they don't have to like just say I got a scholarship and don't do anything with it you can keep creating and you can come and learn at the same time now that you have your scholarship this is the next step on how you actually get into the business into the industry how you get connected with the celebrity stylists and the celebrity designers so I'm ecstatic about this one this is like my passion
0: Oh my gosh. That sounds so amazing. So how can people sign up or when will you like open sign ups for people to take these workshops?
1: Yes. August, 2022, we will be cutting that ribbon open. Um, we're actually trying to get it done by July, but the latest of us officially being open the bit, uh, the location is called the lab, um, the, the creative house of fashion and, uh, yeah, we're, we're projected for August, 2022, but hoping we can open sooner.
0: Amazing. Amazing. So I have one last question for you that I ask all of my guests on the show. So I'm a, a big believer that it only takes one, one person, one decision, or one action step that could possibly change your life forever. I know we spoke a lot about different people and different experiences that pivoted to where you are today. But what would you say is that one person or one action step or one decision that really changed your entire life for the better?
1: The only one decision that I ever have for anybody is making the decision to believe in yourself. Because no matter what I say, no matter what you say or anybody else says to an individual, until that person believes in themselves and believe that they can do anything and that whatever they touch turns to gold. nothing that any of us say it's a waste you know people always ask me to give um advice to people and my advice is believe in yourself like because once you do that you're gonna go for anything you're gonna sacrifice anything you're gonna work hard all of that so that's like where you start, you got to believe in you before everybody else can.
0: That was your one thing. Believe you believed in yourself and it took you to where you are today. And Absolutely. Will, uh, definitely take you to where you're, where you're going. So how can people stay in touch? How can people uh, connect with you?
1: Yes. So my Instagram is Alani Taylor co it's a L a N I T a Y L O R C O. Um, same thing on Facebook. Um, my website is the same Alani dot com. Um, also, I'm in located now in Atlanta. So my clothes are in Phipps Plaza here in Atlanta. Um, I have clothing in L.A. Uh, and clothing in New York in um, Inglewood, and then Soho, New York. And now I'll be opening up the lab in August where people can come there and get the Alani Taylor experience all day.
0: Amazing. So go connect with Murph and her brand, Alani Taylor. Thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing your journey with me and all of our guests here on the Alexa Rose show. So appreciate it. It's very inspiring. I hope you continue to share your story and uh, it really, really does uh, inspire others to keep going against all odds. And that is definitely what I'm all about. So I really enjoyed this conversation with you, and for uh, you know anyone that's listening, you could definitely uh, whether you were listening live or on demand, share this uh, podcast episode with anyone you think will find value in it. Definitely subscribe to our show on Colin We have a new episode every single Tuesday. Each week, so definitely connect with us there. And if you ever have any recommendations for guests that you'd like to see on the show, shoot me a DM at Alexa Rose Carlin so we can connect. And uh, just like Murph mentioned, she didn't get her moment till 20. 20- 20, And she's still growing. She's still hustling. She's still putting one foot in front of the other. And she started her business at 2016. But even before that, years before, she was working on her designs, working on her craft. And I share this because my journey is very similar. It's a longer journey, but I I think that's what really sets the successful entrepreneurs, creatives apart from people that are looking for that quick win. And so as you heard on this episode, she you know, went through a lot to get to where she is today. And I'm sure she's going to continue to grow. And it's all about that momentum. So if you've been doing your craft for a while, if you feel like, you know, you're taking two steps forward, five steps back, keep on going, keep on going. The world needs what you have to offer. Don't give up on your dreams. And if all of a sudden, you know, your passion uh, changes or something changes, challenging happens in your life like it happened in Murph with her brain injury or even me with my near-death experience that moved me away from fashion to what I'm doing today. Know that it's okay. You can pivot with purpose and keep on going. We both believe everything happens for a reason. You have to trust, surrender, and don't give up. And of course, believe in yourself. So thank you so much, Murph. Appreciate you being on the show.
1: No, thank you.
0: All right, everyone. Until next time, make sure to subscribe, rate our podcast, the Alexa Rose Show. Thank you so much. Each individual taking massive amounts of action to pursue what they love, and today that is what we're focusing on. We're focusing on your growth and your success.